0: Oh, yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Thank you. And with a click of a button, we're live. And this is going to be a blast. I have met my match here, a fellow podcaster uh, and a fellow marketer who has gone rogue. That's right, all this experience in marketing and then she went into sales. And not only did she go into sales, she crushed it. Sales Hacker Top 50 Award for Sales Leadership. Top saleswoman to watch in 2019. Top 35 most influential women in sales. Holy crapola, this is like crazy. I'm about to learn left and right here. VP of Sales and Marketing at SmartBug Media, Jen Spencer. How you doing?
1: Hey, it's so great, great to be here. Um, and uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for reading off that resume. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a,
0: it's Sometimes it's just so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm and I can get lost in it and just go down <laughs> tangents. I hear some people though have like clipped that and made that their wake up alarm in the morning. You know. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So thank you for being here. The theme, it's it's our marketing leadership series and marketing and sales leadership, talking to thought leaders like yourself, learning from you in like classes and session, and then eventually learning more about you. So to start out, I want to pass you this. It's heavy, but I think you can handle it. This is Thor's hammer. And uh, <laughs> so go ahead take that. And uh, there you go. Okay. Yep. You got it. Oh, look at that. It's heavy. It's not as heavy for you as it is. No, no, no it's super much light. Much. Yeah, I need to work out more. Um, take that Thor's hammer and smash some kind of marketing myth, misconception, bogus strategy, and just set the record straight once and for all.
1: Sure, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. So, one of the myths that I hear, one of the things that makes me absolutely insane, is when I hear sales leaders or marketing leaders, either side, think that. Marketing should stop nurturing leads when they become an opportunity and this this makes me so crazy because the re if if sales is asking for marketing to stop nurturing the leads, then to me that means there's potentially some trust issues If marketing is saying we're going to stop nurturing these leads that's now in sales hands, then marketing's not doing their job. So as a whole, it's not about stopping nurturing. Like, no, do you want to try, do you want to send an email to somebody who has already requested a demo and is deep in a deal stage do you want to send an email to them asking them to request a demo? No, you absolutely do not. But if you're practicing like true intelligent inbound marketing and you're actually supporting people where they are along their buyer's journey, then you should never stop nurturing them. And that that goes true, that that holds true even for when someone becomes a customer. Once they become a customer, you're not done. You're not done communicating with them. In fact, And in many cases, that's when you need to be doing the, that's your most important marketing time because those customers are expensive to onboard. um, They're expensive to acquire. You want to keep them. You don't want them to churn. And those customers could be referring you new business. And that's going to come, that's going to come in kind of gratis, right? You're not having to pay customer acquisition costs for that. So I just get crazy when people say, you know, stop doing, doing something. And they, 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 they say no to an entire kind of approach based off of what based off of maybe they're not doing nurturing correctly in their organization. So that's just one of the things that makes me absolutely insane. It drives
0: you crazy. You just smash that with a hammer. Yeah. How, how does this happen? Is it just because marketing's just messing up and we're not paying attention to where things are at and we're sending those goofy emails?
1: Well, I think. I think there's a couple of things that happen. One yeah. is that when people say to me, "Yeah, no, we we nurture our we nurture we have, we have workflows. We're using Marketo, HubSpot, Eloqua, whatever it is they're using, right? Pardot. Um, and Pardot, and they're nurturing <laughs> um, they're nurturing those those individuals. Um, just because you have lead nurture campaigns set up doesn't mean they're good right? Yeah, yeah. So That's a
0: quote right there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> just because you have them set it up doesn't mean they're good. That's a quote for the record books right there. <laughs> totally.
1: So it's like, I've, I've looked at some people's nurture emails and it's like literally just like beating them over the head with the same message over and over and over again. And you might as well just be like spamming them, right? Like, or you're not adding any kind of value. So I think there's as marketers, we have to really take a close look at the nurture campaigns we set up and, and be auditing them, be analyzing them, looking at their effectiveness, setting goals for them, and then determining, you know, if, if they're, if they're working and if they're, and and also how we can improve them. So I think marketing needs to do that. The challenge is, I think most marketers that are practicing some kind of like inbound nurture type of methodology, they, they know they're, they know they should be doing these things, but they've mm. got so much on their plate. They're so overwhelmed that they're just trying to get through kind of the next thing. Right. And then the pressure that they have is, uh, you know, just get, fill the top of the funnel, like acquire, 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 yeah, like yeah. bring in new people. And so the energy is focused there versus on supporting folks kind of along, along their journey. So I think that's, that's kind of one, you know, one of those, those pieces. It's not that marketers want to be like, sending bad emails or right. like irrelevant emails and no Most one, no <laughs> one, yeah, I mean like no one, regardless of what you do, no one sets out to just do a bad job. Right. Like, <laughs> right. but, right. but like there the, are,
0: the villains in movies never think they're the bad guy, right? Never. They're just, no. They're just trying to get their job done. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. So I just think, I mean, I think about even my own my own database, my own ecosystem. There's things that like I lie in bed at night thinking, oh, this could be better and that could be better. And I mean, I'm I'm obsessive, right? Like I live and breathe this stuff. Um, so I I think that there's that we just have to be really, really real about <laughs> like what's working and what do we know that's working and what can be improved. Yeah. Uh and 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 then we have to like as marketers listen to what sales tells us if you are getting if you do see that people are getting like too much of the one kind of communication or um, there's something that's really irrelevant that they're getting and we actually take that feedback and we do something with it.
0: Right. And I, I, I get sales aside from it if you're sending that crap we were talking about earlier. If you're send, if your drips aren't actually helpful, they're just annoying and remind you to check this product out or something, then I, I would be one to protect my deal. I'd, okay, no, no marketing, nobody else, leave this alone, only eye contact because right. you're not helpful but if it was helpful he took that timing into consideration then I could see like oh keep it coming I want to keep reminding them that we provide value as long as you know I had this this thing happen maybe we've ever had like bad nurturing happen but I was about to pen a deal I think it was like with a go-to meeting or something and I was kind of hashing stuff out kind of being kind of negotiating with the rep and and then sure enough they get this promotion email saying like you know 50% off seats or something and I wrote I was like oh cool and I, and I forwarded it to my the guy and I was like cool so I've been looking for this too and he was about to get like the regular deal the way it was I'm like no I'll, t- I'll take that discount and it kind of it threw everything for you know, I had to recalculate resend the SOW and all this
1: all yeah, if things. I was that sales rep, I'd be pissed. <laughs>
0: Super pissed, right?
1: <laughs> but but then it's like it's it's that just shows bad communication between marketing and sales, and 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 no one likes to be. You know you, you the other factor that like I'm always you know hyper hyper conscious of is the message that you share with one segment of your database may not be the most appropriate to share with another segment of your database oh, so, so yeah. that kind of a promotion should probably should never have been sent to someone who was an active opportunity right, right. because right. you're already you're already engaged um, yeah. but it's 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 the same it's the same thing as like when you see a commercial if you ever swatch commercials anymore which I rarely do, um, usually it's because I'm watching a sporting event and so it's the only like live thing I watch anymore, but but then you see like there's a deal with like like a cell phone carrier. It's like perfect example, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. here, here's this special offer or, but it's just for new customers, right? It's like, well, what about the customers that I've been with you for 10 years, 20 years? Like I get, like, what do I get? You know, yeah. like I don't get anything special. I've been, I've showed loyalty. I've been committed. So, with especially if it's worse than your
0: deal, right? You're like,
1: right, right.
0: I'm paying like twice as much as that. Yeah. How does that
1: happen? Yeah. So, with the TV commercials, like, yeah, you can't, we're not at a place yet um, in marketing where we can um, kind of hyper target what commercials someone's going to see while they're watching an NFL game. But we definitely can 100% control what email communications we're sending.
0: For sure. Uh you know, I'm totally frustrated that TV is such a laggard in that. Like, I wouldn't mind. I'm watching something, and then here, here pops up an ad for, like, Pardot something. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, maybe I'll write that one down. Or, hey, Siri, remind me of that one tomorrow. Yeah, you know, like, right. oh, okay, maybe, maybe I should buy that thing. No, it's like, oil of Olay. It's something I'm not ever going to even, That's not the wrong audience completely. And it's like, oh, man, like, come on. YouTube knows what they're doing. Why can't yeah. you know, cable catch up?
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's definitely, they're definitely, definitely behind. It's it is, it is interesting. Yeah. Instagram keeps serving me ads of all kinds of things that I, I, you know, w- will, buy.
0: <laughs> so, will buy. Okay. Right. Do you remember yeah. like the last one you saw?
1: Oh, well I'm a little, I should say, I should preface it by saying I'm on like an Instagram purchasing hiatus because I had a bad experience, oh, but, what happened? um, I, i i bought something that was it was a scam
0: was it from belarus right now someone in belarus is like hey
1: (laughs) yeah no i don't know this is like it's embarrassing Mm. is this burrito blanket (laughs) so so, i don't know if you've seen it but like there is like a company there is like a burrito blanket company and so then but there's this other company that was like putting up they had this like splash page and they just they they just they've stole my money oh my god
0: it's like a fajita
1: yeah. It's like, you can kind of like wrap yourself in this blanket. It's a like, blanket.
0: that looks like a fajita. Oh, there's a bunch. Uh, Amazon has them.
1: Yeah. So this is my new thing now. So now when I, now, because I'm nervous, um, about these Instagram advertisers, yeah. now when I see something on Instagram that I want to buy, then I just go over to Amazon and I see if it's available on Amazon because I trust Amazon. So,
0: wow. Man. That makes me like want to laugh inside. That's like, I might just need to buy that. It's a, it literally looks like a, fresh tortilla (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it's it's one of those ridiculous things you're just like that's what Instagram's for right
0: i mean i (laughs) i saw some cereal um that was sugar free it was you know carb free it was gluten free it was everything free which means it's built on air air and good feelings i guess I (laughs) i don't know what goes into it but i was like oh wow look it's cereal um, but yeah, something about that Instagram targeting are they're, they're, they're looking at me, they're watching yep. me. Yeah. It's the man out there. So, okay. Yeah. We were talking about, you know, this, this whole, it's a trust issue. We could fix that by listening to sales. Um, the effectiveness is important. And then the timing, maybe you could talk to the timing, like what kind of things could we do or propose to sales? If maybe an op just open. And if we're not going to kill the nurturing, but we want to support the nurturing. What, have you seen anything work in that situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's having an, a really strong arsenal of value, valuable content that you can provide, and tools you can give, you can give somebody to use. Right. Right. So, um, so I love right now. I love when I see brands um, actually creating sort of templates and worksheets. That I can actually use to do my job better, right? So, like a quick shout out to um, company SaaS company Atrium. They mm-hmm. have all different kinds, and they're they're not like super fancy. They're pretty simple. They're just like Google Sheet kind of Excel sort of based templates for figuring out kind of commission structures, activity levels for SDRs. Um, uh, you know, uh, one-on-one kind of guides for have, like one-on-ones with your sales team. Okay. I just, I've stumbled across this amazing, like this amazing arsenal of content. And so like I'd spent like one Saturday, uh, just living it up and like building out a bunch of processes. And I was relying on them, but now I'm in these, these nurture campaigns and they're sending me, they're sending me more tools that they've created that I can use to do my job better based right. on the types of things that I was engaging with before. What's so, it called? Atrium? Um, atrium, atrium HQ, I think. Oh, is H-Q. The, Cause there's yeah, a lot of things that okay, the, cool. the domain, but, um, but but I really appreciate that. And they're helping yeah. me, right? Like so right. they're helping me. And and regardless of whether I'm like really early in my journey, and maybe I'll never buy anything from them ever, which could very well be the sure. very well maybe the case, right? But listen, I'm already evangelizing that. I'm totally. already like someone's gonna go to the website like after they hear this, and then like For some sure. salesperson's gonna have a bluebird day and they're gonna be like, what happened? Um, but, but, but that's, that's value. Like they're helping kind of, they're helping me and they're giving, they're giving me value first. So when I think about what kind of content would you give somebody who's engaged in a sales process, it's going to be something that's going to help them do their job better. So if I think, okay, you can, you can, um, you, here's an example from a sales call we had yesterday. So we we sell um, a smart bug. We sell uh, marketing and uh, sales services. Okay. And and so one of the things we do is we help we build websites. Right. We build websites on HubSpot CMS. Um, and we had uh, you know a potential client who's like, all right, I'm interviewing these like two or three other agencies, sure. and at the end of the day, like everyone does the same thing, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to give me a website. So why should I pick you? Right, that's right. really what you want to know. Yeah. Um, so I've got my sales, one of my salespeople like on the spot to like say, "All right, well, this is what makes us different," not even knowing anything about the the competitors that we're up against. So, what I love about nurturing that, like I can think back to like a, another deal in the past where I was running point on it, and I had the prospect give me a call on my cell and say. You know what? You came in twenty percent higher, like more expensive than the other um, wow. the other people we we're talking to. But I I've been enrolled in your nurture. Like I subscribe <laughs> to your blog. I've been receiving yeah. all these communications. Sure. You are practicing what you preach. So like th- like I want to I'm gonna move forward with you because you've clearly demonstrated that you really understand this and you understand kind of the challenges that I have.
0: Yeah, and you're using it, and you're you're using it, and it's working on me. So do whatever you did for you on me. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So I think that's that's what I try to like try to think about when I'm when you're going. All right, like what kinds of communications do I want to send someone in an opportunity or someone who maybe is a customer already? Um, It goes back to just help. How are you going to help them do their job better and help? uh, position you as being an authority, being a thought leader, being an expert in your space so that they continue to build trust and affinity with you.
0: Amazing. And you, you get all the benefits of it, like word of mouth with atrium and all of these folks just from being helpful and not stepping on toes. But and I'd even like sales rep, what would be the one thing you would want this person to see in front of their face while they're going through this deal with you? You know, like mm-hmm. what would you like? Oh, this case study they asked for, but they never looked at it. Cool. Let's send them that, you know, let's show them you you won't, this is the right move. You won't get fired choosing this company. You'll actually get a promotion probably.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I, I, I love it. I, I think that, you know, as we get our systems closer together and tied into each other, you know, this goes away, this idea of the garbage nurturing and then sales just call it, calling it what it is. I guess it's a good litmus test too, right? If sales is like, yeah, no thanks. Then Either it is crap, or you should probably teach them what's in there so they better understand it.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my sales reps would rather, um, you know, there's like there, this, there was this debate internally, like, well, not a debate, just a discussion, really, of like, what do we do with SQLs? So, do you want do we want SQLs to continue to be nurtured by marketing? Do we want sales to start dropping them into sequences? And my sales teams like, no, Mark, I trust marketing. Right, oh, like wow. I trust marketing, right? And and are they we, sick? I, are they
0: ill? What's going on? What's going no, on? No, they're
1: just they you know, just know, they're just <laughs> they're just fantastic, awesome people. But um, but they but they trust <laughs> that process, and then we have different tasks and notifications all along the way that are set up, so they know okay. Here's your list of these are the people that registered for this webinar and the webinar is on this date and here's how you can see if they attended if they didn't attend if they attended how long they were actually on the webinar so we're we're push you know marketing is sharing that data with sales so sales trusts what they're getting from marketing and they trust keeping their prospects you know in 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 marketing's under marketing's wing um, for longer than than they might if if that wasn't if that transparency um, wasn't there.
0: Do you think it helps that you kind of cover both sales and marketing?
1: I think it does. Company? I think yeah. it. I think it does because there's not, because um, there's not like a a sales ego and a marketing ego, yeah. right? Kind of like it's
0: just a sales and marketing ego. ego. Is that what it is? Just one. Just
1: one ego. <laughs> just just one,
0: one ego. As long <laughs> as you please me, my marketing and sales right? children, you, we will be fine.
1: But like, that's like what I love about what I get to do. Right. So I am like, I'm a marketer who like transitioned into sales. Um, but, and I, and I've sold, you know, I've sold software. I've sold, you know, I've sold other things, but now it's like, I get to sell marketing. I get to sell something that I know really, really well. Yeah, And so I don't know the customer
0: really well. Like you've been, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like a salesperson. Right. I feel like I'm just like a consultant. I'm just helping people um figure out what you know what they need. And so that's kind of how that those are the types of um salespeople I've hired. That's kind of the culture that we have as a sales organization. So that's why it works.
0: It feels like cheating, but also kind of fun to sell to yourself, you know, or, or mm-hmm. someone like yourself being in the marketing world. Um, and I would say, Oh, are they more skeptical? Sometimes, but sometimes I actually click on things and fill things out just to see what happens, you know. So it's almost like But also, if I see really bad marketing, I just like outright reject it on principle, (laughs) regardless of the of the tool.
1: (laughs) Right? No, I, I yes, I know. I think um, there, there we do that like with kind of all all aspects, like all facets of life, like not just not just marketers, right? Like we we look at. I once you understand, once you really understand something and have an appreciation for like the art and science of it, you can spot you can you can like spot a phony or like you can call out kind of like big mistakes and we're we're as human beings we kind of we have a hard time letting go of those
0: <laughs> right yeah no 100% like one one example was this company called depulse d a p u l s uh-huh yeah and i was like look i can't possibly Feel right about buying something called the pulse please change your name like i'm just and every time they had an, a facebook ad popping up saying hey the pulse is here I'm like uh this is not the name i want to purchase from <laughs> and they eventually apparently they changed it to uh, monday.com okay i'll take it huh? day of the week fine monday isn't everyone's favorite day of the week but i'll take it as opposed yeah. to do pulse uh, that's <laughs> funny bad marketing um do you recall any of the latest bad marketing you've received?
1: Oh, um, the latest bad marketing I received. Uh, okay, so this is uh, this is cheating, this is cheating. but yes. I was um, I was scrolling through my like Facebook uh, memories, so mm. and i had taken a picture of something from a few years ago, so it's fresh in my mind, but nice. Um, so it was an outdoor ad and it was for a, it was for buying a new home, like a new home build. Okay. And it was this time of year, right? In the fall. And it was get a free pumpkin with every new home build. <laughs> and then in fine print, it said like pumpkin, like it said, like product not to exceed $7. Like product value, like the value of the pumpkin, right? Not to really. $7. Like they need to give
0: them a $50 so, like, pumpkin people. So, it doesn't
1: even I picture like, of it. so, so wow. but I'm, the reason why this is just, it's so bad is it's like, okay. Right. And, and the ad itself, like, like uh 80% of the ad space is dedicated to the pump picture of the pumpkin. <laughs>
0: Not the house. Okay?
1: Right. So it like, can't
0: be more than $7. That's a cheap pumpkin. Those are small. I
1: mean, look at, I, right, that. That I like. Sad. I don't. I I haven't purchased a pumpkin in a really long time, so I'm not <laughs> exactly sure what the value. But, of? but 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 is anybody going to really buy a house because or choose this home builder because they get a free seven dollar pumpkin?
0: Right. Right, like a like a big so, purchase thanks to the pumpkin.
1: So I looked at that ad and I'm like, this is an outdoor ad. Like there was costs for designing this ad. There were this is where my marketing brain, I go, like, what the heck? Cost for design for designing this, for printing it, for the ad space, for like I thought about all of the costs that were involved in this incentive that did not make any sense at all. And there's stuff like that I see, like, that's just the one that's like fresh in my mind, but it's like, make sure that if you are offering an incentive, make sure it's actually relevant and like, it's relevant to your buyer. It's relevant, like based on like the, the, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. Um, and it's like equitable, like it just makes sense with, with the purchase, um, so, totally yeah you know,
0: it would have been super like it would have been hilarious if they kind of went snl on it and made it kind of tongue-in-cheek and they're like buy a big house you know pumpkin free priceless yeah so, totally you're, like, right. like, you're like oh my god you guys are hilarious and then the, everyone jokes about the free pumpkin but it sounds like they probably were serious
1: yeah i can you send know? you the ad it looks yeah. pretty serious <laughs> yeah
0: it's like there's pumpkin but okay and i you're in arizona is that yeah. is that right Yep. So yeah, I mean, I'm up in New Hampshire. We have pumpkins all over the place, but yeah, probably not too many pumpkins in Arizona. So seven dollars of a pumpkin gets you like one of those mini things that are the size of a mug, right? That's, yeah. If that it's <laughs> for a house, you know. I had one that was um, a little bit nicer. It was if you if you can buy this really expensive SaaS software uh, by Friday, we'll give you a free iPad. Mm. But it was not it not like the kind of DePulse stuff where maybe you can just throw a credit card. This is like large scale yeah. enterprise decision where you have to get like three or four people to approve it. Right. And it just felt kind of like you got robbed because you're like, I would like an iPad. I, would, I really wanted to get the, I want to get the software, but like, I'm not a decision maker. I need to push four or five people to make this decision. And this is a long process. So I kind of felt cheated to be, to be rushed into a prize when it was just like nine month sales cycle.
1: Right, I mean, I think that's one of the problems, even with like with SaaS, um, you know, products, and with like end of month or end of quarter, or end of year incentives. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you just are giving away all of your value. Um, yeah. you know, you're like like nothing's things aren't worth whatever they are. You know, so like today you can discount it fifty percent, but tomorrow no. You know, um, right? And it and I think that that's starting to we've accepted it as being kind of our standard, the norm. But mm-hmm. I think as just consumers, we're starting to feel uncomfortable with it, you know, yeah. and we're, and we're, we're taking issue, um, and we're seeking price transparency. Yeah. And if, if you can easily, like if someone can easily like slash the cost of something like that much, then that shows me how much you value or or don't value what it is. Right. Um, and so, and then I started to wonder, well, how much am I being overcharged to begin yeah. with?
0: Yeah. And if you go down that hole of discounting, it's like never ending, but most, a lot of the savvy and you see this in sales all the time, probably where it, okay. The deal expired on Thursday. Well, I Mm -hmm. want it today. If you want my business, you're going to give it to me today. Like, what are you going to do? Say no, not sign it. I mean, maybe some large enterprise, but the deadline for that, some people maybe drives some people, but a lot of the savvy people are like, okay, great. Now I know that you can discount that price and I'm going right. to buy it in three months at that price.
1: Right, <laughs> it right. It
0: doesn't, doesn't drive the urgency like people thought it might.
1: Right, exactly. But that, I mean, it, that just, it, this all circles back to making sure you're communicating with people in a in a very relevant way. Because, you know, I think about like, like every salesperson, you should be able to look at your pipeline and be able to say, these are the people that actually are going to, like, it makes sense. They're going to buy this quarter or they're going to buy this month. And here are the right. people who, they're just not ready right? They're just not ready. So sending that kind of a promotion to them just isn't, it's just going to cause more friction. It's not going to help. Um, And so it's, but, but marketing needs to know, needs to get that feedback from sales based off of the way things are kind of like tagged or logged in their CRM. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're not a marketer who's sending out an email campaign, isn't going to have this intimate knowledge of like what's going on with each deal. And yeah, maybe all that information is like on the Jill record somewhere and that opportunity Mm -hmm. record, but, but it has to be reportable. Right. So they have, like, I was just talking to one of my reps yesterday because he had all these, he was like saving up this, like he was recording all these deals in quote delivered. And we have this quote delivered stage and there were no date, no date on them. Like there was, he said, there was nothing that he felt like he could then put a date on to say, (laughs) all right, like this is, I'm going to commit to this. They're all like, and they all for one reason or another, they're, they're not a no, they're not, they're, they're not a not now. They're just, they're just a little bit stagnated. Yeah. So I said we we have to do something with these people because they're 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 kind of in this um, they're like in a purgatory. They're like in a marketing purgatory. Right. So let's create a separate deal stage that's around like internal stagnation, right? And, yeah, sure. and now Stalled let's have deal. marketing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's have marketing build out um specific uh nurture campaigns to keep them engaged. Um that, that, that are like, that are done with that specific intention. Right. Okay. Hey, marketing. Right. These are, these are contacts at organizations who very much want to work with us, but for some reason or another, um, they things are not moving like as quickly as we normally would. We normally have things moving along. Right. right. Um, yeah. and we want to make sure we're staying top of mind without being obnoxious. Right. So, And And then that's and there you go. That'd be a perfect drip, right? Right.
0: And now we disrupt doesn't have to obsess over these accounts that really aren't ready at all right now, Mm waste his or her time, and can focus on ones that are ready to buy. And meanwhile, marketing can do what it can do to warm those puppies up. Yeah, and the way it should be.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So, question for you: Mm. You are a fellow podcaster. Talk to me about podcasts. How do they fit into marketing and where? And I mean, I love it. It it seems like it's kind of coming into its Hey day like what's going
1: on Yeah no I I love I love podcasts myself I love um I love seeing podcasts kind of be born and um and I love the uh, I love the just the the simplicity of them and the the ease of both kind of creating and also consuming. Um, sure. so at SmartBug we have um, so I have, I host a podcast called Smart on Tap nice. and it's a micro podcast. So the whole concept behind it is to give these like really quick like anywhere between like five to maybe 15 at the most minute um, breakdowns of like helping kind of solve a problem or um, something for people to kind of be thinking about. The yeah. idea is like my, my hope is that at the end of each episode, um, someone could actually do something with that information. Like right. go yeah, and totally. practice right now, right? Yeah. Um, and. And versus, like, if it was a longer podcast and there were a bunch of like great ideas, someone would have to be like taking notes, or and, and oh. you just you get you get busy, right? So just that one, right. that one kind of like micro micro um, concept, um, and so and call it smart bug on tap because it's all um, it's it's even though it's just me as the host, it's mm-hmm. um, it's I'm pulling information from like the brains from like the mind hive of ever all of the smart bugs. So yeah,
0: that's it's cool. Kinda,
1: Kind of the idea of like getting a chance just to listen to um, some people who are pretty, who I think are pretty smart. Um, so, but but what I love about podcasting is it's it has an intimacy to it mm-hmm. that no other medium has because mm-hmm. you're right there with people. I mean, when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm usually like you know, putting on my makeup or doing my hair or making my coffee in the morning, maybe I'm driving somewhere, but it's just, it's just me and then that person or those people who I'm listening to. Right. Um, and they become kind of friends, kind of confidants. Um, at my last company, which um, is Allbound, a software company, mm. um, I also hosted a podcast and that was a longer format interview style podcast but what i discovered is that when i would go to conferences when i go to events people would come up to me and they would feel like they knew me or they would act like they knew me i would feel like oh my gosh am i i don't know who they are why what's wrong it's like well they've been listening to me talk to them like on their morning run every day like all yeah. year but i'm just meeting them now and and that it creates this, um, it just creates this, like I said, this intimacy and this, it helps build a relationship agree, at yeah. scale, which mm-hmm. is such a cool concept.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in, it kind of serves all the purposes on the marketing side, but at the same time, um, I like that connection. Like I think mm-hmm. sometimes, I, you know, ROI that's calculated or whatnot, but sometimes I just want to try things and do things that help me connect with people. You know, like yeah. me connecting with you here, other people listening, connecting with me, connecting with you. And uh, that just seems right, you know, and yeah. a, a good way to deliver content. Now, but what about the other side? I mean, are you spending money on it? And then do you, are you you're investing time into it. So do you, are you able to track, are you able to see a return on your podcast or is it more of a branding yeah. exercise?
1: So, I mean, I think. I think that like, someone needs to come disrupt the space. To be yeah. honest, like I think there's such an amazing opportunity for better analytics for podcasts. Um, I have yet to see anything that I, that satisfies. Um, I think what, what 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 like marketers are really looking for from like an attribution perspective. Right. But um, you know, and we're not spending any. We bought some equipment. Um, but and then there's the cost of you know there's the time involved in actually like writing and recording and then there's sure. the the time or cost involved in kind of editing um, and kind of loading things loading things up and then we just promote it just the way we would promote any other kind of content blog content or any other kind of organic content. Um, so so there's there's that. But one of the, the most interesting ways that we've really used data from podcasts is keeping track we you can see like how many downloads an episode right. you know yep. as something has gotten right so one of the things that you know we noticed is there were particular topics that would that would um uh that would consistently outperform all mm. all the other topics wow. and so that we use that insight to say all right for our next campaign that's unrelated to our podcast right for our next campaign, let's focus that this campaign around this particular topic because yeah. we're seeing like these kind of hotspots, right? In yeah. what people are consuming um, with the podcast, and so because podcasting is so it's so lightweight and it's so effortless, you can you're, you're able to like gather that data and then put it put it to into use, put it into practice really really quickly, and that's that's one of the things I just love about it.
0: The value testing of that um, is is really interesting i never thought about that it reminds me of the old ppc testing uh, my friend sean mccarthy's like a wizard at adwords and one of the things i learned from him was you know like here's this value like learn french have fun doing it or learn french because it's easy or because it's fast and like what are the values that appeal to certain types of people and, and it's almost like market testing without yeah. even leaving your door like tim Ferriss does that too right so this is kind of a way in a way of doing that, especially if it's a short podcast on a particular topic.
1: Yeah. And then absolutely. see what's
0: popular. That makes sense. What, what were they, are they like tactical topics that ended up being popular? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like in our case, the one that was, it was all things were on SEO. So it was all like ah. quick tips for SEO. It was anything we did SEO related. And so then we did a webinar um, that was, uh, we, did, we we had done a couple of webinars. One was on like really like unique ways of finding like keywords. Another one was a little bit more like technical SEO. But when I looked at, so we'd start with the podcast, then we said, all right, let's do some that are, let's do some that are like uh, webinars. Uh, And then looked at those and those webinars consistently outperformed the other webinars in terms of like registration size. Like, okay, we have now, we have now the podcasts are doing well with this topic. The webinars are um, let's write some more blog content for it. Let's actually like build out some more, more campaigns for it. So, right. um, just, you're taking that kind of market feedback. Um, and so that's, that's, it's, it's just, it's just an effortless, lightweight way to like make some decisions without having to invest in any fancy schmancy tools, right? right? You're just listening to what, you're just paying attention. You're just looking and listening to like what people are engaging with.
0: Right. And I, I think people are engaging with it because I've helped a few people launch podcasts, and and they're like, oh, "Well, at what point am I selling my products? And I'm like, "At no point." Are no you point. Selling <laughs> your product. Please don't do that. Yeah. It, it, there seems this sort of unwritten rule of like the whole point is not is people do not tune in to hear a bunch of advertisements. Um, they tune in to like either hear a conversation or friendly banter, right. or maybe learn something, or just zone out for a bit. Um, and and by there you build a relationship and that builds the trust and all the other things can come from it. But it's not that pushy direct sales thing. And I think if it is, people just immediately bounce from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is it is true. So it's just, it's just all about like, hopefully for those people who are asking, when do I kind of sell, when do I sell my stuff on my podcast? It's like, well, hopefully their blog is not doing that either. Right. Hopefully their blog yeah. is, is educating, um, is helping, is not about them, um, is about their potential customers and it's about their pains and right that's what's most important right
0: what about are you seeing web chat especially because you're in that marketing and sales world i, I definitely mm. it's been sort of a thing in the b2c world i remember decades ago somebody had an issue with shipping or discount or whatever yep. and you chatted and if they purchased there's a cookie in there and it would ring like a cash register on your computer like cha-ching just made a sale ah, it was yep. cool but I I'm seeing it now with new vendors and new people coming into space. Like the B2B world is suddenly like,
1: here's chat. Yeah. Are you using it now? And what are your, your thoughts on it? So we have live chat on our site. Mm-hmm. Um I played with live chat. I play with bots. Um the the live chat gets more engagement than the bots yeah. do. Um but for us, for who we sell to, which we sell to marketers Mm -hmm. for the most part, um, we don't get a lot of engagement with the chat. We get a lot of people looking for a job or um, my favorites that we get these questions and I'm like, this is someone trying to pass a test. Like this is copied and pasted from an- Are you serious? 100%. Yes. 100%.
0: (laughs) Like a business school SEO exam or something? Yeah. Like
1: there was one time where I actually called it out. Like I knew exactly what it was from and it was from like- HubSpot social media certification, and I actually wrote back to the person. I was like, "It looks like you're taking HubSpot social media certification class. Good luck, best of luck. I can't help you." Um, Because they literally copied and pasted the the question. So, so yeah. But then there's like students who are like,
0: "Man, if I was a student these days, I would be all over that."
1: It's it's crazy. It's yeah, it's crazy what you could what you could uh, could have access to. So we get a lot of junk, um, but um and when i think about like our clients and who's really using it well um they are honestly they are more b2c um mm-hmm. uh you know the, on, on on that end but i know there are a lot of b2b companies that are using live chat and from what i am what i've gathered the majority are using it to uh book sales meetings faster so um i don't think chat is replace well chat's not replacing any kind of nurture right sure. It's not replacing. I don't see it like I don't see email going away anytime soon. Um, uh, but chat, if it's configured, if chats, if chat and bots are configured properly and effectively, they can be a really great tool for getting people to the information they need, like quickly and easily. Right. Um, so I think it all it, it it comes down to how it's used, and it's not like a magic thing, right? Just mm-hmm. like you don't buy marketing automation, and it's not just automagical and like all of a sudden like money falls from the sky right like like inbounds
0: not magical either right you don't just buy a blog and Leads flow like right, <laughs> like water, right?
1: There's a yeah. lot of work, There's a lot it of work is. that goes into it. So, um, so I just I would just say, just be wary that just be conscious of the time investment that it takes to actually get it set up and operating, um, effectively right. and make sure it's tied into your you know your overall strategy and and really test it and like have people tinker with it and try to break it. Um, yeah, because. It it will ultimately and inevitably like that will happen, right? Like right. you'll yeah. So just try to try to do whatever you can to like punch holes in it before you really go all in.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense to do that, and you know, it, it not you know drink the Kool Aid, but like make sure you're eating some healthy food as well, not just the Kool Aid. Well, a lot well, of it, it out just, there, you know.
1: It it just depends on like, do your are your are your buyer personas going to engage with chat? Yeah. Right. And there's not like one answer to any, of like to that question, right? Like you, that's why you do your buyer persona research mm-hmm. and you identify because people, some people have pretty strong opinions of whether they want, you know, chat or not. Like personally, I actually, I do like it, right? Like if I'm as a consumer, if I'm on someone's side or even like for, in my business role, if I'm looking for a quick answer to a question, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gravitate towards the chat because I I'm impatient and I want the answer right right then, right, right, right then and there. Um, but if you're going to, if, if you're not going to be able to satisfy those needs, then I would rather have it be gone. Right. Like there's nothing worse to me than like my, like, I remember one time I was booking, like I was for, for car maintenance and I'm like, Oh, the online chat. And I, Going and I'm like chatting back and forth and and I'm they're like okay like what are the options and I just wanted to schedule the, I just wanted to schedule it I just wanted to schedule the service right yeah. and and I didn't want to log in because I couldn't remember my password and all, whatever the reasons were I just wanted something quick and easy but the chat elongated my experience it didn't shorten my experience right, right. so that was frustrating for me so now I won't use it ever again so right. it just you know. Depends on how you're going to be, how you're going to be implementing it. And if you can, yeah. if you can effectively serve the customer.
0: It's like, you still have to do it right. It, mm-hmm. It's one thing to have the tool, the tech or whatnot, but you still need to do it right. It doesn't right. just out of the box work itself.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some,
0: uh, what was it? Some, uh, some building may apply or some alterations.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Battery is so, not included. <laughs> not included. <laughs> so, you know, curious, you yeah, this question. Cause I know you're, you're in the sales world. You're, you've been in the marketing world. Now you're sales and marketing. If there was something that you wish marketers knew, because a lot of marketers listen to this podcast as a sales leader, if there's something you wish marketing knew about sales, like what would it be if there was like one or two things that marketers may not have your experience where you, you've done both, mm-hmm. you've seen sort of, you know, there's no villain here. We just two yeah. different people trying to do their job. Well, what, what would it be?
1: Um, sales is harder than most people think and it's more demanding and so the thing i would want i want marketers to know is that um they they're probably expecting too much of a sales rep mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that because it's like sales reps are dim or whatever <laughs> i'm not that's not that's not it at all but when I find, when I took like a sale like a sales seat in Cary, Dakota, and was managing my pipeline and having discovery calls and building proposals and managing nego- negotiations, it it became hard to keep up with what content we were creating and producing, what the editorial calendar looked like. Um, hard to, uh, the simplest thing like showing me like if you're giving me a, a segmented list of just my contacts who registered for a webinar, but didn't actually attend it. Like that is gold to me because the last thing I want to do is get on the phone with somebody and say, Oh, what'd you think of the webinar? And then find out, well, they didn't actually attend it. They registered, but they didn't actually attend it. Right. And as a marketer, you might think, Oh, well you can just kind of finesse the conversation or whatever. And we, as salespeople, we, we kind of do right. Um, we've got like the bullshit gene, right? Like we can kind of like, uh, uh, have that, that kind of conversation, right. but but it's it's unrealistic to expect sales to know everything that's happening in marketing and like rec- everything that's happening with that particular like prospect mm-hmm. and be able to like do their job. You've got all these different checklists of things that you've got to 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 do to satisfy. Um, so I just my advice to marketing is just think about how you can make it easier for sales to be effective in helping that person that human being transition from being in the hands of marketing into the hands of sales.
0: That's awesome. Who are you? Where did you come from? Like, take me back to like the, the days, the, the days gone by little gen days, you know, like did you always know you're going to be destined for sales and marketing fame?
1: Well, I was always really bossy. (laughs) So maybe, um, so, you know, it's interesting. Um, i because I started my career as a high school English and theater arts teacher, but if we go back much further oh, back go
0: back further I, yeah 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 even get there that's interesting yeah, we'll, we'll have to walk into that yeah,
1: if I really think about it um so in I think it was in fourth grade, I think it was in fourth grade, um, and we were doing we were we we studied like the Oregon Trail. okay. And so then we had this like interactive classroom, like assignment where we had these groups. It was like the first people to kind of like get across the country. They then kind of found this like group. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to remember from fourth grade. This this was quite a while ago. but then when you, as you kind of finish, you could join a team and you'd have to sort of, you have to kind of pitch to them, like, this is the contribution I can make. I can be the treasurer. I can be the, I can be a miner. Or I can, whatever you're going to do. So mine was, I published a newsletter. So I created like a, uh, like a magazine, like a, like a little, like a, a it was just like a, a one page, like two sided yeah. kind of document that was had stories and articles about like, what the different, um, what the different teams were up to and kind of what was going on. It was like this little magazine and I'd gone to my teacher and said, it and he was like, yeah, sure. And he like mimeographed it, you know, wow. like before coffee machines and stuff. Um, and so I, I kind of, I, I created that, right. Yeah. I wrote the stories and interviewed and it was this journalist. So I think like, yeah, in a way it's like tellings like storytelling
0: storytelling um
1: yeah. and storytelling and promotion and evangelism right. i think yeah. was always ingrained in me yeah
0: it and so like early on you're you' you're this and and then you decide to go into education in college
1: i well, I wanted to go when I went to college originally it was um I was going to major in English and minor in theater, and I was going to be—oh no, I was going to major in journalism. I'm sorry, minor okay. in theater, and I was going to be a—I um, was going to be a theater critic for you know the New York Times. Well, the journalism, Times.
0: journalism started early, okay. so you're just yeah. carrying it on.
1: Yeah, and then I got to—I um, had like my first uh, first couple of months in college and realized that most as I kind of started to meet with journalists, most journalists didn't have journalist backgrounds. Um, they oh. were just really good writers and they were very curious people. And so I realized when I looked at the curriculum of journalism and I looked at the curriculum of English, I was going to get much more writing experience um, if I got a degree in English. And so, good. and then I thought, well, I can't just get a degree in English. Like, what will I do with that? Yeah, that's and- like our language. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what do I do with that? So I, which there's plenty to do with it, but at the time I like right, couldn't right. see past just what I knew. And meanwhile, um, I'd always been a good writer, um, I'd always done well uh, in, in, with essays. And so people in my dorm were coming to me on a regular basis to have me edit. Um, and give them feedback Mm -hmm. on their essays. And I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed helping people along, you know, along that, that journey that they were on. And so that's when I transitioned into a degree in English um, or degree in like a secondary education. Uh, It was like drama, journalism and classics was kind of my field of study. Uh, But I always knew I didn't, I always knew I wasn't going to be a teacher forever. I knew it was just something for that moment that would help me stay doing what it is that I love to do. Um, wow. So I just, I just wanted to surround myself with the kind of work that I was enjoying.
0: Right, right. And you know, is is managing uh, school kids like managing sales reps or was You'd that, be supr- is, is, is that helpful?
1: Surprisingly, very <laughs> can be very similar. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 so I, I student taught seventh grade. Language arts. Okay. And which it takes a special soul to teach middle school, people who do it. Oh, I, God yeah. bless you. Um, but everyone's so
0: confused I, about everything in, in, in junior high.
1: Oh my middle gosh. School. So if you can do that, you can do pretty much anything. Um, but no, I I think when I think about like when I taught like sophomore English and I'm teaching, trying to explain to like a 15-year-old boy why Shakespeare is important in his life uh, <laughs> and why it's relevant. That's the that's the hardest sale I've ever had to do, right? So it's that's so true. There's there's quite a bit. Or when you think about like building a marketing campaign, and you kind of start with the end in mind, like what do you want, like the result to be? Like that's what writing a lesson plan is. It's Mm. okay. What will the students learn? And then the students are going to learn like X, Y, Z. And then you have to like reverse engineer what how what steps you're going to take to get them to like achieve that like that learning. It's the same thing for it's the same thing for marketing and sales. And so it's just such a such a good fit. So I wow. think it's very, very aligned.
0: Wow. And it, it's funny how um I'm, that's cool you picked up on the fact that you didn't need to get a degree in journalism or English or anything to really be what you wanted eventually. Um I think I mean I, I think we all kind of are caught up in the bug, which maybe is not a, it's more more transparent now where people are starting to realize like, hey like, uh, why did I get all, spend all this money or why did I do all this for this degree? I mean, mine was com- computer science and it was like, oh, well, I actually just want to play around online. I don't really want to <laughs> like actually code microprocessors. That's not really what I'm doing. And here I ended up in marketing. So I, yeah. you're right. I think for, you know, those people still in that are advising people. It's, it's do things that interest you and don't worry about the actual career that comes out, out of that. Do internships for that part.
1: Right, right. I mean it, it's, there's definitely some things where you have to have that education background, right? There's some careers that are in that place. But I'll never forget sure. my my son. I have um twin boys, they're almost 16 and they're, you know, just their minds are spinning right now with <laughs> college and what do I want to be and studying and feeling this pressure and so my one of my sons said to me, we were like emptying the dishwasher and he's like, "Mom, when did you go back to school and get your degree in marketing?" and because he knew like he knew what my degree was and he knew I'd been a teacher and I said I didn't and I mean I he almost like dropped the plates on the ground like right in that moment he was like so shocked because it just broke every like every like idea that he like all of these ideas he had about like what it meant to kind of grow up and what it meant to kind of study and and I said no I just I I didn't but I just I accepted every opportunity to learn and grow and I like. Pulled the threads, I felt compelled to pull, and right. I took risks along the way, and worked really, really hard, and um, and 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 luckily, my skills were re- easily transferable.
0: And you got into theater after school, right? It wasn't even immediately into te- it wasn't teaching, or it was like theater. Was that what happened? I was
1: so I did, um, I did teach theater also. I taught English and theater, oh, cool. um, and then after, so I left teaching. Um, I love teaching. It, uh, it was like four years in. And I had while I was a teacher, I was volunteering with Arizona Theater Company, which is a professional regional nonprofit theater uh here in Arizona where I live. Ooh. And <clears throat> there was um a program that was at the time called the Winter the Wasserstein Project. So it was okay. based off of playwright Wendy Wasserstein. She had this notion like that. She had a career in theater as a playwright because she had been exposed to arts. And there are so many young people in our country, let alone the world, right? But in our country, that that aren't exposed to arts. And so, and they they could become like art lovers and maybe even have careers in in arts, but they're just not, they don't know exists, right? Or yeah. they don't realize that there's something there for them. So so I had this opportunity, I was like, I was young, I was like right out of college, and I volunteered to take students from my school that I was teaching at, drive them, I gave up every Saturday for a semester, Wow. Of my life, right? And I, but I got to see all kinds of theater and oh, yeah. I got to like go to ballets and the symphony. And the idea was that you take these students, you expose them, then we like kind of QA, like we talk through things at the end. They get to meet an artist and then they are writing and they're like, they're journaling and then. The theater company would kind of follow, follow them like as they matured and became like adults and to see mm. if they become lifelong theater lovers. Like if they become like subscribers, if they like buy tickets or if they become donors. And so, and, and that's, and, and the, and the, the, the punchline is, yes, they do. Right. So really the okay. exposure, then the more likely they're going to be to have an appreciation and consume. So this so is my long-winded way of saying there was this there, at, at one point um, the theater company had received a grant to actually create like a full-time education position to be this yeah. liaison between like the community at large and the the theater and I considered it like a golden ticket opportunity and I remember like it was I actually took a pay cut from teaching to take this job which was absolutely insane which and is I, crazy
0: because like, teachers don't really get paid much anyway yeah it was
1: <laughs> I am like I don't know I was nuts but but but. And I was in that role for just about six months when the um, the director of marketing at the time was like, you know what, we've had a really hard time finding up someone for PR, um, mm. to run PR for us. And I think you'd be really great at it. And I'm like, I don't know anything about PR. Um, but I knew a lot about theater. And yeah. I knew how, I knew enough about like, how to convince someone, <laughs> you know, like going back to like the 15 year old boy and why Shakespeare is Shakespeare's important. Right. Um, and so I ended up getting into marketing in like, in this, like within the cultural, like, you know, comfort of, of the theater.
0: Wow. And had you always done theater growing up or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, like, well, like middle school, high school, yes. um, college, um, I was the, the chair for the, uh, I went to university of Arizona and there's a, uh, university activities board and an arts committee. And so. I was the chair for that. And so we would put on different, um, different like productions that were not associated with like the college, like the theater itself. So I'd always done like thing, you know, things like little things like that. Um, for that's sure. Cool. So, so, that's yeah, cool. So
0: it was- I, I was, I was sharing with you earlier. I did something similar. I like ran our theater company at, at the college I went to, and it, mm-hmm. was, it was kind of more training for me for when I got out than even the classes that I attended. Um, yeah. and it was kind of always something. So I could see how taking this leap and doing this theater program, how, how did you go from working in the theater company to now being a sales and marketing VP thought leader podcast?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was at Arizona theater company for eight years. And wow. by the time I left, I was, I was really tired. Like nonprofit is hard. <laughs> It was hard. I would like go to bed at night, sometimes like going, okay, if we don't sell forty thousand dollars in tickets tomorrow, we can't make payroll on Friday. Like that kind of pressure. Um, so I got to a point where I was just I it was just too much. And I and I knew it it I needed to make a change. Um, and so I started looking at, you know, positions like in the more in the B2B space. Um and so that it was just honestly it was exhaustion um and just mm-hmm. needing to kind of take get something new do something new and maybe like think about going back you know after after some time so from there um ended up getting into like saas um and uh went through amazing opportunity to take a small software company and um take it take it through like grow it help get it, help get acquired, um, by a company, see through that acquisition, um, kind of feel what it's like to be in like, uh, like deal with like mergers and acquisitions. Yikes. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, so that was, that was really, really it. But the thing about like thought leadership and kind of brand building is, is I've always been scrappy. So I've Mm. always, I've never, i had never worked for a company where there was like a lot of money for anything. It was just like, even when I was a teacher, right? It's just like, you got to make do, you got to do, you, you, you figure out how to work with what you, what you've got. Um, and the thing that's always been free is my own creativity. Sure. So, you know, it's just, and, and otherwise it's just time. It's time, effort, and creativity. Those are things that don't cost money.
0: I like that. And I, I think the restriction on that can make you really, not well, appreciate everything else, but also it can create some amazing results because pr- it's like that pressure on the coal turns into a diamond. Like, you know, you don't have a million things you can try. You don't have a budget for a thousand right. things. You really, this really needs to work. If it doesn't, you need to change it right away.
1: Yeah. And, and you need to do, and you need to be able to move quickly. Right. Right. So, and then you test and you tinker. And, um, and that's why digital marketing is so exciting because you can put something up out there today. And if it's, you're not pleased with it, you can take it down tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and so it's, you know, or you can iterate on it and it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's fun and exciting. And so I think that I just, I gravitated towards, um, towards, towards that, like towards all of that, that energy. Cause it was just so much in line with the way that I had been working.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of fit your personality yeah. to do that. That yeah, makes sense. If you were to, yeah, I have a situation for you. If you were to discover a time machine and then hop in that and go back to the very beginning of your career, could be when you get out of school, you're going to mm-hmm. do all these different things. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? Like if you give yourself advice, you know, going back, mm-hmm. you're fresh out of school, yeah what would you tell yourself?
1: So let me see if I can answer this in like two different ways. So as more of like a personal career growth, like speaking to like younger Jen, I would say, I would tell myself that, that I'm worth more and that I know more than I think I do. Because early in my career, I had this idea that like, I wasn't as smart or as good as anybody else around me. And, um, and I created these, like these barriers for myself that were really non-existent. So right. that's like one thing for like a personal, like that's what I would want to, want to tell myself for Sure. from like a sales marketing leader or person. I wish earlier on in my marketing career, I had sat on more sales calls. Wow. Uh. So like, that's something like very, very tactical that I'm like, Ooh, why did I not do that? Like, I wish I would have done that. I wish someone would have told me to do it.
0: So true. Right. Cause you learn so much from them mm-hmm. and wow. It's like, and you can't even describe all the different things that come out of it. And it's not even what's said. Sometimes it's what's not said or exactly or the yeah. questions that people are asking. I one time sat in on one and the prospect said, who are you again? And what do you do? And I was like, wow this is terrible. This is not qualified at all. Yeah. I've got some work to do. And yeah. And what about fixing it? So yeah. I'm with you hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Where are you going to be at? Any events coming up? Anything? Yeah. Going to be
1: going um, so, uh, I, I, this, an event that I really love, um, it's a, uh, B2B marketing exchange. Yeah. Um, so it'll be in February in here in sunny Arizona in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, so I always, I always love that event. Um, really amazing quality of like the, the content, um, very, very specific tracks. So yeah. you're able to like, uh, you're, I ne- you never, I never feel like, an, like a, a session I go to is like wasted. You know, it's very much aligned with where I am, um, in my career and what my goals are, what I'm looking to achieve. Right. Um, I'm, I'm speaking uh, again this year, and uh, it's this, my session's all about um, what marketing needs to do to prepare sales to like effectively enable sales for a campaign launch, um, right. which is something I'm obviously like really passionate about. Totally. But- the other the other factor is um, a client of of Smartbugs, uh, Quest Software. They've got their division of their SaaS division, Spotlight Cloud. Um, two of their team members are actually coming out and they're joining me, and so they're gonna like actually get into like the weeds of like what they do. Um, and they sell like a freemium product, mm. so th- they're they're gonna. I think it's gonna be really relevant for a lot of people. So I'm super excited, and they're just great people in general. So I'm excited to actually um, get to welcome them to the state that I'm living in now. And, yeah. Uh and and uh spend some spend some time with them and and learn some uh some build up my my own marketing and sales skill set at the conference.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I went to the one up in Boston. I don't know if you you were at that one.
1: The B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange?
0: Yes. Is that different? Yes.
1: Um, so that one has, the, there was one just in Boston recently. I was there yeah. as well. Okay, um, cool. I was speaking in the flip my funnel track. So that was like, it had. Oh cool! Exactly. Track. I was there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We miss each other. Totally. Yeah. So there was the flip my funnel, the rev tracks. And then yep. there was the like demand gen track. Yeah, um, exactly. So they, they kind of combined sort of like three, uh, like three conferences kind of in one. So right. this one's just marketing. So
0: got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. So we kicked the salespeople out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> You could be half there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know. I know. I get to I get to check both boxes. That's so great.
0: <laughs> right, totally. Where where can people connect with you? Um, like LinkedIn, Twitter, where, yeah, where should people I'm, reach out?
1: I'm super, I'm super social. So Twitter at Jen Spencer, um, LinkedIn, just Jen Spencer. Uh there's a couple of Jennifer Spencers and stuff out there, but I'm the one who works for SmartBug. Um all I ask is if you send me a connection request on LinkedIn, let me know that. You listen to this podcast. Right. So then I have some context for, you know, how, how we might know each other. That'd be really helpful.
0: Otherwise, you're one of those people that sends the thing and then you connect and then they send you spam immediately afterward. It drives me crazy. So I don't do disconnect. that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just disconnect with those people oh, after.
0: I, I block with hatred. I do. <laughs> I, I report. I block. No, you're gone. You're, you're dead to me. Yeah. Um, so and, and so SmartBug in your podcast is smartbugmedia.com slash podcast, right?
1: Um, yes. Yeah. That's where to go. Cool. Smart bug cool,
0: cool. on tap. Yeah, yeah, on tap. The micro podcast. Get a little. Podcast. it like? Ten minute quick hit or five
1: minute? Some of them are like four or five minutes, and some That's of them awesome. are a little bit longer. So it just depends on uh, how much I have to say on a topic, I guess.
0: Right? No, I yeah. bet. I bet you can really crank those out too, and get some good tips going from from all the other bugs.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's fun. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on here. I mean, I've I've learned a bunch. I've had a fun time just chatting, hashing it up, talking theater.
1: Awesome. You know, it's been great. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, right on. And for everyone out there listening, if you learn something, I know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, (laughs) then like share this with someone else. Be a thought leader to one person, even two people. Oh my gosh, three people. Just share this with people so they can learn from you as well. I mean, we talked about so many cool things here, the referrals, the timing, the trust issues, how to work with the timing with sales on those, those opportunities and the nurtures. So get this in other people's hands so they can learn. Check out the micro podcast. And uh, Jen, what can I say? Thank you again so much for being on here.
1: No, it's yeah. again, it's my pleasure. It's uh, I always love talking shop. So this has been great. Anytime, anytime. We'll have to have you back and talk
0: more things later. Sounds good. Awesome. Everyone out there listening. This has been the hardcore marketing show. We'll catch you all next time. I'm <laughs>